Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time, so we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, the podcast that aims at rewriting Hollywood history. My name is Corey. And my name is Jeff. <laughs> it just turned into NPR for a second. <laughs> Corey, we're, you're listening to The Wave. <laughs> S- smooth jazz. All right, let's bring up the energy a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Corey, because I was starting to think that we were going to be playing some Kenny G. Either that or talking about sweaty <laughs> balls. Yeah. A, Welcome to Switch the Envelope, everybody. It's <laughs> a deep throwback. How are you doing tonight, Jeff? I'm fantastic. As always, Corey, how are you? I'm doing great, Jeff. It is officially the holiday season. Uh, don't you ever wonder about what it's going to be like this year, watching Christmas Vacation and eating chestnuts that are roasting on an open fire <laughs> while you're drinking some eggnog? It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, tradition around this time of year, the sort of end of the year. A lot of tradition starts taking place. A lot of, uh, you know, things that we we do out of the familiarity. Like watching Christmas movies. Yeah, like watching watching movies in general. And you watched any yet? Uh, Christmas movies? Yeah. Um, yes, we've watched a few. Um, Elf is always sort of high on the priority list around this time of year. Uh, and the Home Alone movies we've seen. Oh, I watched Home Alone yeah. two today. So we we you know we watched the new Home Alone as well. Really? Uh, that Disney Plus just did. I and am it not is doing that. God awful. I'm not watching that. No, <laughs> it is not great. Uh, but <laughs> we we did we did see that one. Uh, but Kevin McAllister uh, Home Alones, the John Hughes written, Christopher Columbus directed Home Alones are definitely on on our holiday list. Uh, but. You know, I I started to think like there's got to be like this time of year it's become more and more in vogue where people as soon as like December hits everybody starts going Die Hard. Everybody's got to watch Die Hard's Christmas movie, and there's been the, the sort yeah, of debate back really and forth. Yeah, it's not really a Christmas movie, right? It's like saying Gremlins is a Christmas movie. But Gremlins is kind of a Christmas movie. Well, Those... so is Die Hard, but it's not really a Christmas movie, right? But the Gremlins were a Christmas gift. Like, yeah. ah, it's even more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard, right? But there are a ton of movies uh, that are like holiday watching that are not holiday films. So like I don't want to I don't Explain, really want to address Explain what you mean. Well, I don't want to address Die Hard, right? Because that the debate on Die Hard is whether or not it is actually a Christmas movie or not. Well, no. Let's make let's be very clear. Both Die Hard and Die Hard 2 take place on Christmas Eve. Yes. Let's put it to rest, because everyone knows that we are the experts in movies, <laughs> and sure. our word is law. Sure, And Absolutely. we're going to say right now, yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but it doesn't give that warm, hearty Christmas feeling. Right, but there are plenty of movies that give warm, hearty Christmas feelings that are not Christmas movies. Yes. Some of them- Mother Cory. <laughs> Quick, say all of the Santa's reindeers. All of there's uh, you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But nice. Do you recall Jeff, the most famous reindeer of all? He was never an official reindeer. It's true, but he is the most famous. Nobody knows about the second story Rudolph. of, of uh, about Rudolph. Rudolph two. Rudolph two. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> it's when he died. Oh. Yeah, it was so sad. sad. Very sad. Very yeah. sad. 
It was when a Norwal jumped out of the ocean and Im- stuck Im- him in the impaled st- him. Yeah, and impaled him <laughs> in the stomach. Very sad. And then Dennis the dentist was like, "Golly!" <laughs> All they those actually asked toys Dennis the dentist weeping. to help. <laughs> Dennis the dentist to help him out, and he uh, he he couldn't because yeah. he's the only medical professional anywhere Holy near. Holy fuck! That's a big tooth out of your head. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what Dennis. Was his, voice. his name wasn't Dennis. It was something. He was Dennis. Really... I thought he was Dennis. No, it was something very strange. I it thought was he was like... Dennis the elf. Was, was he it not Dennis? Dennis? I think so. All right. Uh, hit us up on uh, social media and let us know how wrong Corey is about Rudolph the Red. But didn't Stranger. he want? He didn't want to be a dentist. A he dentist. Wanted be... He wanted to be a dentist. Oh, what I don't a weird want to be thing. an elf. I want to be a dentist. <sighs> weird. What a weird thing. Yeah. I mean, Rankin Bass is claymation wonderment. <laughs> so weird. But there are plenty of movies that exist that I I kind of want to get into tonight that. Uh, people watch during the holidays that are absolutely not holiday films or they kind of are loosely connected to the holidays because there's a scene that happens in Christmas or you know it, it ends at Christmas or something like that and so like it kind of loosely ties in but the movie itself is not a quote-unquote holiday film it's not white Christmas it's not one of those types of movies yeah I will say that most of this happens because of nostalgia. Most Absolutely. of this will happen because you first saw a movie around Christmas time. A lot of times because you got it as a as a gift at Christmas time. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you got a cuz okay, perfect example, I'll bring up a music thing, okay? When I was younger, I got the um, cuz I had super cool parents. Mm-hmm. They got me and out come the wolves. Rancid. Mm. I played the shit out of that, so that now reminds me of Christmas. That is that is Christmas music. It's Christmas music for me. You know what? Similar, even though that's not it's at, at all Christmas. <laughs> yeah, S- similar to me, for for me, uh, the Offspring Smash album. The, that came out. I think I think that came out the year before. Uh, maybe I, I don't know. I, I got that CD as part of a Christmas where I got like the stereo. So kids, back Wait. in the day. <laughs> Uh, we used to have these things that we would get as young teens uh, called stereos, and it would be a whole console system that would have uh, speakers that you could detach and mount up in your room, and there was a CD player, a cassette player, a radio changer. If you were really fancy, you had a multi-CD player that would go in there, and you'd have to hardwire it in, and you could even connect it to your TV with some aux wires and stuff. It was really, really cherry. And uh, with that, you started your CD collection as a young teen. Uh, nowadays, you get your phone and then you start collecting music on Spotify or you, you build your playlist and whatever. Same kind of thing, only we just had shelves and shelves of CDs. My first CD was, yeah, Offspring and Smash. And absolutely, it was like, that's holiday music for me. You know, that's actually a good CD to have your first CD. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Because as, as lame as Offspring became... Smash was a fantastic fucking album. It's, it's a really good album. Well, so is Outcome the Wolves, but yeah. <laughs> But anyway, it's the things that remind you of the holidays. Yes, absolutely. I want to get into that on this episode. And we actually reached out to uh, some people on social media so we can we can find uh, what movies they watch. Yeah. But before we get into non-holiday holiday movies, Jeff, there was a sort of game that you wanted to play. Yes. Okay, so a little while back, we actually had an episode called Things You Can Learn From Movies. And because of that, I thought we would carry that tradition on and make it a segment in our show okay talk about the morals the morals the lessons that come out of a movie okay okay so what uh, we're going to do is play a little game it sort of ties into the holidays that uh, most holiday films sort of have a like a moral rich lesson, sort of right? lesson or something yeah, yeah absolutely so i thought this was the first time to to launch this this game the game is called 
morals you learn from movies. <laughs> if there's one thing you've learned from listening to the previous 100 episodes of this show is that we really know how to name a game. Exactly. Our two <laughs> games have been Switch the Envelope and Morals You Learn from Movies. All right. So how is this game going to work? Because So what I'm going to do, Corey, is I'm going to give you a moral. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you the moral of the story. I'm going to say the moral of the story is this, and you're going to have to tell me what movie it is. Oh, okay. Okay? All right. I'll I'll try to think of a couple for you, too. If this was Aesop's Fables, (laughs) okay, okay, I would say, you know, the moral of the story is that evil can come even in a, I don't know, sheep's clothing, blah, 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 you know? Mm. The moral. Little Red Riding Hood. I was going to say, like, you know. Oh, wait, no. What what would that be? I'm, I'm wolf in sheep's clothing. A wolf. Oh well, okay. I was trying to think of like the story. <laughs> okay, so here's the first moral. All right, all right. This one's gonna be a legit moral. Okay? Legit moral. Legit okay. moral. And um, these all movie, all these movies, except for the last one, I do. But all these, all these, <laughs> <laughs> all these movies are very, very famous movies. So there's nothing. I'm, it's, I'm not giving. I'm not tricking you. Okay. First one. You don't have to win a fight to win at life. That would be the moral of the movie Rocky. Nice. Yes. Oh. Nice. Got it. Okay. Nailed it. That was the easy one. Okay. The next one. A kind and honest soul will receive great rewards. A kind and honest soul will receive great Great rewards. rewards. Ooh, that could be a lot of stories. Mm. Yeah. But it's one specific one. I am going to shot in the dark, say, Forrest Gump? No. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. No, I'll give you that. That's a good moral. A kind and honest soul will receive great rewards. It's no, Willy good. Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. No, that's good. All right, I got one for you, Jeff. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right. Uh, trying to think uh, swiftly while this game is going on. Here we go. Uh, the moral of this movie is... Scrooged. <laughs> yeah, I'll just give it to you. Fine, Scrooge. We'll move on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Friends come in all shapes and sizes, but no adventure is too big or perilous when you've got a friend that's supporting you. Shrek. Oh, not bad. No. I don't know. Uh, the, the, the clue there is in the you've got a friend. In me. Toy Story. Toy Story, yeah. Okay. Toy Story. Yeah. All right. But Sh- Shrek, not bad. Yeah. Although th- that sort of friendship is uh, like a resistant friendship at first, and then it becomes a solid friendship. Because... So is Toy Story. Oh, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> nope. You know what? Valid point. I'll give you Shrek. <laughs> also applies. <laughs> All right. This one is um, uh, acceptance and teamwork is the path to success when trying to solve your parents' problems. Uh, the parent trap? No. No, uh, like, uh, for, uh, let me add, for unaccompanied minors on an adventure, acceptance and teamwork is the path to success when you're trying to solve your parents' problems. Unaccompanied minors. On an adventure. On an adventure. Accepting even the weirdest of the weird. And working together as a team. (laughs) I know, I know when you say it, I'm going to be like, (laughs) fuck. But, okay, what is it? Goonies. Okay. Okay. Hey, yeah, you're wearing a Goonie shirt. You're dude. You're fucking wearing a Goonie shirt. Ah. <laughs> All right. All right. This is not a Academy Award movie. Okay, here we go. Never run a hustle with your athletic competition. You may lose something of value. 
Never run a hustle with your athletic competition. You may lose something of value. That's the moral of that story. Never run a hustle with your athletic competition. You may lose something of value. Oh, fuck. What, what did you say prior to giving me the moral? That it's not a what? It's not like a big, uh, it's a comedy. I'll say it's a comedy. Oh, it's a comedy. Okay. It's not like a big dramatic film like the other mm. ones. I don't know. I'm st- Stick it. I don't know. <laughs> Kingpin. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Kingpin. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. No, that works. Nope, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I I, I did okay. <laughs> yeah, Corey think, did good. I think I, I think I did okay. I should have got Kingpin. All right, so let's get into holiday movies that are not holiday movies. We put this uh this question out to you on on Twitter and on Facebook, and you guys responded, and it was awesome. All right, so first up, we have at Book Nerd Bible underscore Bible. Uh, it's the Book Nerd and the Bible podcast that explores connections between the Bible and contemporary stories. They responded with the Harry Potter movies. They say, the Harry Potter movies, This uh, there is usually a Christmas scene, but I associate Christmas season with rewatching the series now. Yeah, absolutely. The Harry Potter movies uh, are very much like a holiday uh, watching. I think it's it's also very typical of franchises, like longer franchises, uh, with, with a fandom attached to it, where you're home for the holidays for an extended weekend or something. Like, you get the Friday off, and then you got Saturday and Sunday, and, a, you know, lots of time to sort of spend with with your your family and whatnot to throw on something that everybody's one already kind of familiar with two makes you feel a little warm and fuzzy and kind of has a christmas connection harry potter absolutely nails all of those and i believe a lot of those movies actually came out around christmas time some of them did and not all the movies uh, have a christmas scene either you know a lot of them do but not all of them but there's always for a long time there was a lot of like Christmas ornaments that came out. Yeah, yeah. Christmas new Christmas gifts. Oh, the merchandise Christmas, was the merchandise heavy. Yeah. Super crazy. Yeah. Still is. I mean, you Absolutely. still go to the, yeah. Yeah. At OSW Podcast One. Hmm? We, we follow everybody and they follow us for this. No, do we know them personally? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. So at OSW Podcast One on Second Watch Podcast. It's a movie podcast, uh, movie nostalgia reviews, plot summary on Mad Libs, and many on-screen deaths of Sean Bean. They write, I watch the other guys while wrapping gifts or on Christmas night building a Lego set. Now, the other guys is definitely not a holiday film. This podcast says, more of a tradition, I think, when my wife and I finally get time to relax during the business of the holidays, it's nice to just pop in a film, you know, is going to make you laugh, even after watching it so many times. And I 100% agree with this, because so many times when I'm wrapping presents, Mm -hmm. I like to watch a movie. Absolutely. And usually that movie is a movie that has nothing to do with the holidays, like Indiana Jones. Sure. Indiana Jones and uh, The Last Crusade is a movie I would like to... Pop in and watch while I'm wrapping presents. Well, yeah, and and I think the valid point here too is the like repeat comfort viewing of movies. You know that that makes it feel right during the holidays. You know, it's a movie that you know you love. You you know probably more of the lines than you should. <laughs> you know more than any other movie. Um, it makes you laugh. Like they said, it makes them laugh every time they see it, no matter how many times they've seen it. That is that is absolutely something that brings a bit of that nostalgic, warm comfort 
during the holidays. Well, I think that's something also why people always mention Die Hard because I want they want some connection with a movie that that they like a lot that they can watch and feel okay watching at Christmas time, even though it's a <laughs> bloody fucking mess. L- loosely justified as Christmas because there is one shot of a Christmas tree. <laughs> exactly, and it takes place on Christmas Eve. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next person that responded to us was at Zach Real Nerd, Zach Eastman. He's a podcast host of Real Nerds and the Yesteryear, Yesteryear Ballyhoo Review podcast. And uh, somebody that we may be in talks with trying to get to be a guest on this podcast. Really cool guy. He's also a filmmaker in his own respect. Uh, he says, I try to go back to the films I would see during the award season. So a full gamut of stuff like There Will Be Blood, No Country for Old Men, The Aviator, etc. It reminds him of uh, reminds me of the theater trips in the fall to gear up excitedly for the Oscars. Um, so yeah, he's he's like true movie fan, right? All of the good movies that are going to be nominated for Oscars come out uh, from fall to the new year. And so he catches up on all the past ones. He also added that it's even more fun to go back to the ones that uh, vied heavily but then fell down really hard. <laughs> that were super talked about and then failed in the Oscars. Next we have at Scott Floronic. Okay, so he says, Lord of the Rings in the post-Christmas Day countdown. Mostly an end-of-season marker, plus having the time off around that time of year to sit down and watch them back-to-back, more or less. Make them perfect for holiday viewing. I'm not just going to discount this because it's Lord of the Rings, but, you know, I think we should discount this one <laughs> no nah, i'm just kidding just kidding well i would say i would almost be on your side except that uh at murder on my street podcast uh a tr- unsolved mystery true crime podcast also wrote lord of the rings specifically the first one fellowship of the ring uh, while they're wrapping gifts so only with a vegan hot chocolate you, well yeah they want hot tea or vegan hot chocolate please uh how do you do a vegan hot chocolate uh with a vegan cow you know, milks itself. Gotcha. <laughs> no, uh, I'm. You know, I'm. I I can't drink milk because of my lactose intolerance. So all of my uh, milk. Wait, you're lactose intolerant. I am. Since so when? like all, all of my coffee drinks, all of my hot chocolates are, are also vegan. It's quite delicious. Uh, since since like mid 30s, <laughs> it was just like nope. <laughs> yeah, I d- discovered it while eating a sleeve of Oreos, Jeff. <laughs> soy milk or almond milk? Uh, I don't do soy milk. I do almond milk. Uh, sometimes I'll do oat milk. But yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I do milk substitutes. Yep. I even have a like a lactose free eggnog, like a, for, for the holidays. That's a, a little thin, but still delicious. But yeah. Uh, lastly, we have our good friend, John from the Movie Lovers Unite podcast, who chimed in on Facebook. And his holiday movies are The Crow, Old School. I think School. it was my turn, man. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You stole my turn. Sorry. Bastard. I was just getting us back on track. You say it. No, it's cool. No, it's cool. You, you already stole it. Go ahead. All right, all right. He says, Go ahead. The Crow. Old Does. school. And something, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, it's something that would be on my, my list. Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Edward Scissorhands is a Christmas movie, though. Uh, yes. It ends it at is, Christmas. It is as much a Christmas movie as Die Hard is. Yes. Because there's an entire scene so, of Christmas. Yes. The, these, are, these, these movies fit where they're not really a Christmas movie, but there's Christmas involved somehow, so you can loosely justify that it's the a whole ending holiday part, movie. The whole ending part of the movie is them doing a Christmas party. Yeah, and then forcing him into a life of uh, slavery, making, slavery, making snow for the town <laughs> in it's Florida. Not slavery. They're not making snow. How do you know it's Florida. They're in a they're in a, like a small Florida town. I thought that was the whole thing. They, they were in like a sunny southern. I think it's just supposed to be a 
cookie cutter suburban town. All right, well, cookie cutter suburban town that doesn't get snow. That has a giant dark castle at the end of the block. Yeah, but now it snows every year because Edward Scissorhands is up there chopping ice. Because of that very famous quote at the end where she says, it never snowed before he came to town, but now... It does. Because prior to that, he's slicing up a ice sculpture in the backyard and it starts snowing. Couldn't she have said something a little more interesting, though? <laughs> it it's... didn't snow before. But now it now does. And now it does. <laughs> okay, cool. That's the ending fucking of this whole movie. Yeah, so now he's just locked in his tower, chopping, chopping ice. Fun times. But yeah, like Edward Scissorhands uh, is definitely sort of on that not- really a holiday but kind of loosely if you if you squint hard enough and turn turn your head sideways can be a holiday holiday film absolutely so we need to thank at book nerd bible at osw podcast one zach real nerd zach real nerd at scott floronic we gotta thank at murder on my street and john a movie lovers podcast and if we didn't have a chance to mention yours we probably won't ever mention it but thank you very much for contributing and now, and now's useless Hollywood fact. Uh, the Wizard of Oz movie made in 1939. Some of you have heard of it. Well, it is the most viewed, watched movie of all time. <laughs> okay. It first aired on television in 1956. That was November of that year. Became a holiday TV tradition in December 1959. The subsequent annual viewings would eventually make it the most watched film of all time. Corey, did you know that? What? It was? Wizard of Oz originally aired on CBS, which brought that movie to viewers all over the world. CBS originally purchased these rights from the MGM Studios for $225,000. Today, that amount of money would be about $1.6 million. In 1968, TV rights went to NBC, and the airing date shifted from winter to spring. So now it's like an Easter Easter thing, right? Corey? Absolutely, it's an Easter it went, thing. It went from being sort of like a Thanksgiving, then they kept pushing it further back. It became sort of like a Christmas time movie, and then it was like after the New Year, and then by the time it goes to NBC, it's full on Easter. Well, CBS did get the rights back in 1976. Corey, give me something that happened in 1976. Never mind. It's cool. I don't need to know the centennial bicentennial year. <laughs> Just kidding. In 1976. CBS did air the film annually for 22 fucking years, dude. Yeah. 22 years they aired that movie. Yeah. We saw the Scarecrow and the Lion and Dorothy and the Tin Man and little fucking Toto for 22 straight years. On CBS from on that CBS. point on. Yeah. That is until its last major network airing in 1998. Corey, can you tell me something that happened in 1998? Uh, ah, that thing cool. you do? Came out? That thing you do came out in 1998? No way. I don't know. <laughs> I job. feel like that's wrong. <laughs> that is how The Wizard of Oz became such a loved thing around the holidays. Just like the Christmas tree <laughs> and Santa Claus and all the wonderful things that we know today. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's because of its TV airing, it became an icon of holiday viewing. And for some of those years, CBS, when they got it back... They would view. They would do an airing on Easter, and they would do an airing on like Thanksgiving or in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So it was like, if there was a major holiday happening and people were were home, they would throw on The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> so it sort of became synonymous with holiday viewing as a movie, and you know, like fucking thirty million people would watch it every single time it went to air. It was like 
you, you were excited. People were excited, like, "Oh, Wizard of Oz is coming on this year! I can't wait till Wizard of Oz happens again." Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's surprising to me I that hate it lasted that movie, though. to 1998. I absolutely, I absolutely hate that movie. Really, I don't like that movie. Hmm. Never have. I don't know why. I feel like I should, and I feel like people judge me when I say I don't like that movie, <laughs> but I just don't like that movie. I don't know what there is to like about it. There's a fucking like purple horse or something, and like there's <laughs> it's a, guy a horse with of a, many color. There's a guy with a weird mustache, and like mm-hmm. they're everyone's so creepy in that movie. I don't know why people like it so much. It's so there's like a there's like a phenomenon where like if something is. Um, I, I wish I I wish I knew what what the phenomenon was, but it's similar with like the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa is not Leonardo da Vinci's like most technically executed uh, photo. There's flaws in it that like are kind of amateurish flaws, where like the horizon line is two different levels on either side of her head, and her expression isn't very uh, captivating, you know, at, at all. There is better art that he had done, but because that is the most famous, the most visible painting it is it is the most revered painting so the same thing with like the wizard of oz everybody's seen the wizard of oz and everybody's seen it multiple times and it's always there so it becomes this like oh the wizard of oz is great you know it's the same thing with like pop songs that get a ton of radio play eventually like if you hear a song on Dude, the radio all and i you want hate for it, christmas is you is the greatest song ever right uh but like you may hear a it's pop better song better than the beatles <laughs> all right <laughs> My point. If I yeah. don't hear at least once a day Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You" this season, and her I am going to be upset. <laughs> uh, one of the movies that uh, we watch, or like uh, carry over from like my my wife uh, and her family, what they what they love to watch uh, around the holidays is a movie that has a Christmas scene, but the movie takes place over the course of an entire year, and that's uh, 1944's "Meet Me in St. Louis." Also, another Judy Garland movie, Happenstance. <laughs> um, but there is a pretty sort of like tentpole moment in in that movie that is Christmas, in which Judy Garland performs the song Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas for the first time ever. Uh, it was written specifically for that movie uh, by Hugh Martin and Ralph Blaine. Um, and it's, you know, since become sort of like the most recorded holiday song ever <laughs> like at, at one point in like the mid 2000s it was the most listened to christmas song of all time and uh it comes from a movie that's cool i like that i like that factoid but there, there's i mean there's a ton of uh, like it, it's not a christmas movie there's just christmas in it you know but you know the idea that that song came from that movie and that's the first time you ever hear it in that movie that's really good right like so it, it does sort of connect it to the season you know yeah absolutely Corey, you know, I don't really have a movie that I can sit down and say, this is a movie I like to watch around Christmas time that's not a Christmas movie. So I don't really have that. But what I do have, for some reason, and you actually made me think of it before. So I do have a lot of series that I watch. Sure. Okay. But this isn't a t- this isn't really a podcast about series. TV. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't really a TV podcast. That would be the Uncle Jesse podcast. Go ahead sure. to the UncleJessePodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> is that still around? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, okay. But anyway. It'd be cool um, if it was. It would be cool if it was. <laughs> Around Christmas time, I love to watch. I'm not someone who likes a lot of dramas. I like comedies and I like action, mm-hmm. but I don't really like dramas. But when we started thinking about this, is what movies do I like to watch around Christmas time? 
the movies that I really like to watch around Christmas time are dramas. Really? And, and I don't understand. I never understood really why. And then I was looking it up. It's like a seasonal uh, genre for it's, you? It is a seasonal genre for me because I used to always go to the movies with my parents. And when we we always go to the movies every week in from like Thanksgiving to Christmas. Uh-huh. We'd always go like every week to the movies. And when you go to the movies, all the movies that they would show would be the Academy Award nominees. Yeah, like what Zach Realnerd was, uh, was saying. Yeah, that's all the movies they would show. So- the first thing that I would, the first non-Christmas Christmas movie that I thought of, would have to be the movie Tombstone. Really? And then I looked it up, and Tombstone was released in December. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because of the way the Academy has actually structured its system, it actually has affected the way we watch movies in our adult life. Because as younger viewers. We went to the movies. We saw these movies during the holidays, even though we knew they weren't holiday movies. They were dramas we saw with our parents the day after Thanksgiving or on uh, holidays. Right, so that they were close enough to the end of the year to qualify while still being fresh in the mind of the Academy voters. Exactly. So as we get older, we get nostalgic for these movies, and then we think, wait, I'm not into watching a Christmas movie right now, so what movie do I want to watch? I want to watch a drama. Deep drama. And I don't even want to watch dramas normally, but I want to watch drama when I'm going to watch during the holidays. Yeah. It's interesting to me that, that could be the cause of it. That is interesting that that you, you would have sort of a nostalgic trigger for a genre. Not not like specific movies. I mean, there are specific movies that you mentioned, but like really it's it comes down to a genre gets triggered in you nostalgically for the holidays. It is, because during yeah. the holidays I want dramas i don't watch a lot of action movies it's just like a drama movie yeah yeah you, you d- tone down the excitement yeah get into some good character studies <laughs> <laughs> i like a character driven movie yeah you know with good dialogue that is worthy of academy award contention <laughs> uh, this is when i watch my foreign films but yeah so like i have a a pull towards uh, more classic cinema and one of my absolute favorite classic movies is from 1960, starring uh, Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine, and it's uh, Billy Wilder's The Apartment. And I absolutely love this film. I watched this film as like a, a young kid. When, when, I, when I was growing up, the like holiday, wake up on the weekends, my mom would put on like a Turner Classic Movies, or AMC back in the day would actually play older, older movies. Uh, not like the new classics. Um, and original content. So we would sit there and just do movie marathons with Turner Classic Movies, and it was just, that's that's winter. You know, we'd curl up under a blanket, you know, and we would we would watch old, old movies nonstop for an entire day. And so that, to me, is sort of more, more or less the holidays. But The, the Apartment is one of my all-time favorite, like, classic-era movies. Uh, and, and it's a little late. It's 1960. Um, but I absolutely love Jack Lemmon in this movie. Absolutely Shirley MacLaine. And it even has a loose connection to Christmas because as it goes through, it ends at Christmas and New Year's as sort of like the end of their year happens. Um, and they're sort of sorted love story. They're like Harry Met Sally kind of love story that do they like each other? Are they friends? Are they are they able to be friends like while sleeping with other people? Like guys and girls aren't allowed to be friends. Like there's sort of those underlying themes that aren't, as expressed as it is in Harry Mitzell- when Harry Mitzelli, but um, that's sort of, sort of a theme. And the underlying motif here is the sort of uh, they're lonely hearts, right? They're they're a little bit sad sap, 
because they're depressed and then the holidays come and the, the, the holidays make people even more depressed and sad. Um, but then they find each other, you know, and they, they sort of can lean, lean on each other a bit. And I absolutely love this movie when I was a, a, you know, young teen and still really, really love this movie. And this movie is one of those where like, this is winter viewing. This is holiday viewing for me. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's going to be our show. Yeah, I, th- I think that wraps it up. I mean, there are probably many, many more. And if you'd like to share your favorite non-holiday holiday movies with us, hit us up on Twitter, at Switch Envelope. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely many, many more because any film that you find to be a non-Christmas Christmas movie that reminds you of your childhood Christmases yeah. or you have fun watching counts in this category mrs doubtfire could count because it's a family type of movie you know it just got that like Corey, warm fuzzy feeling. anything can count in that's this true category. that's true that's absolutely true because anybody who likes to watch a certain movie at a holiday that makes gives them the warm fuzzies sure you know it taps that, into the nostalgia that's what we're talking about here so hit us up on twitter it's you still have time uh the clock will run out at midnight <laughs> now you can hit us up on twitter anytime find us at switch envelope on twitter or at switch the envelope on instagram anything yeah, yeah. more Corey? no yeah just add add to the conversation we we love to hear from you the switches uh thank you to everybody who contributed to the, this uh episode in particular uh with your movies that are non-holiday movies that you love to watch during the holidays uh if you would like what you hear you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts uh pretty much pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts i think it's actually anywhere really yeah or you can go to switch and click one of the subscribe now icons to your favorite podcast app uh but more importantly uh you know we we've just passed i mean this is episode 101 we just passed 100 episodes and we've we've been on a on a, on a great journey gaining um listeners here and there and you know growing this audience and it really boils down to you guys listening right now who go out and tell your friends oh my god these you know this was a funny conversation or like what do you think about this topic uh, and continuing that conversation through us with your friends and recommending us to a friends word of mouth is incredibly important for us more important i think than like leaving us a review reviews are nice uh we love them uh, leave those too but uh, more importantly is uh, spreading the show to your friends and um, they'll trust you and then we'll grow this community together and we love you for that. Thank you, Switches. Uh, go watch some non-holiday holiday films and uh, we'll see you later, Switches. And go watch some holiday films too. Yeah, Come on, yes, Corey. Of course, it's freaking, that's a given. It's freaking Christmas time. Go watch some holiday given. films. Go watch some Christmas vacations, some Home Alone, um, you know, all the movies that you love. All right, we'll see you later, Switches. See you later, Switches. Switch the Envelope is a Riff Laugh production. Switch the Envelope is written by Jeff and Corey. Switch the Envelope is mixed by Jeff at Studio 85. Switch the Envelope is all you want for Christmas. <laughs>